Welcome to the Love First Podcast, where we are committed to biblical teaching and sharing the principles and the promises of living out our faith according to what Jesus says are the two greatest commandments, loving God with our whole being and loving others as ourselves. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to help build your faith and deepen your relationship with God. Enjoy the message. Hello once again, friends and listeners. We are still in our society right now under this whole COVID-19 pandemic. And even though in some places things are starting to open back up, the threat seems to be continuing to rise. But I take confidence in the fact that God is still in control and nothing is taking him by surprise. I also stand in complete confidence that Romans 8.28 is still very applicable today and in this situation. No matter what we're going through, if we are a follower of God and we, we live by his principles, he is going to make sure that he works all the details out for our betterment. Now, I know sometimes that's a hard pill to swallow, but I truly believe in times like this, we have to hold on to our faith. I, for one, am kind of excited that churches are starting to open back up. And even though it's not like it used to be, it's still a wonderful feeling to gather with God's people and worship Him. You know, in talking to the worship pastor of my church recently, we discussed how worship is meant to be a corporate experience. I mean, we can listen to messages online, and yeah, we can listen to worship songs online and, and maybe even sing along with them some, but nothing beats the power of live corporate worship. It's not something that we should take for granted. It's not even something like so many pastors and, and even so many lay people think that, that, well, they think that worship is something that is kind of nice to have to kind of get us ready to hear the meat of God's word in, in the sermon. Well, if that's what we think worship is, then we're truly missing out on the power of genuine, authentic worship, of the importance of worship, of the real meat and the message to our hearts and to our lives that come through worship. That's why I chose to title this message, Let the Worshippers Lead the Way. And guys, this isn't my idea. I took this title and theme straight out of 2 Chronicles chapter 20, where today we're going to discuss some incredible principles that I believe not only have major relevance to all of us, but I also believe all churches and all pastors and all church leaders need to really pay attention to especially now that we're trying to reintegrate people back into our church. So let's look at 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and see what God has to say through this great story of King Jehoshaphat. See what he has to say to churches today and to us individually. So 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1 says, After this, the armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, and some of the Minuites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army from Eden is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. All right, stop for a minute. Let's go a little background here. We are told elsewhere in Scripture that Jehoshaphat was a godly king who followed the ways of God. 
And up until this time, he was best known for the, the king who tore down the high places that had served as idols for worshiping false gods so that no one would see those idols anymore, those high places, and be tempted to go back and worship those false gods. Well, here he was in a kingdom that was following God. And the dreaded news came that three different, very powerful kingdoms were marching against him at one time. You know, in a way, it's kind of like where we are today in our society. We have so many things working against us. We have COVID that has not only threatened our health and livelihood, but in some cases has brought calamity on people and on households and businesses and organizations and even churches. Then we have this whole social injustice going on that, that has led to, to what was supposed to be great peaceful demonstrations to become riots and the battle lines are being drawn in the sand. And let's face it, guys, it's not an easy time to live in our country or even the world. And then throw in the fact that churches are trying to figure out how to reintegrate their people into the Sunday service, not to mention the other ministries of the church. There doesn't really seem to be a right answer. Times like these are tough times to be a church leader. Well, that's why it's a good thing that God put into place back in the New Testament how a church should be governed. Because times like this is too much for one person to handle. So let's look at verse 3 and see how Jehoshaphat handled the news that everything was looking grim. Verse 3. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. Did you get that? He was terrified. Now, I know so many of us think it's kind of ungodly or somehow not a sign of a good Christian to admit that we are afraid of something. And leaders, even church leaders, are sometimes the worst at this. If we show any sign of weakness or fear, then we think others will lose confidence in our ability to lead. So we put on this strong front to try to let them know that we have no fear, that we are in control, and we act and talk like we live with this no-fear mentality where inside there really is stuff that we should be afraid of and we really are afraid. And being afraid is okay if it drives us to what the fear drove Jehoshaphat to. He begged the Lord for guidance. By begging, it implies that he didn't just go to God one time and say, hey, God, help. Uh, he got on his knees and he cried out before God, probably many times, begging God to direct him. And that, my friends, is where we should be. Any struggle, uncertainty, calamity, heartbreak, or, or even fear should send us directly to our knees. This is not the time to try to talk yourself into doing something, to do research on things, to pretend like everything is okay, to try to figure it all out on our own. Jehoshaphat did one simple thing. He begged God for help. And then he did something else. Still in verse 3. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. 
So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Now stop. Oh, this is such a big point. If you don't get anything else out of this message today, get this. I mean, I hope you get some other stuff too. The first thing we need to realize as worshipers of God is that worship begins with prayer. And not just individual prayer. Remember how I said at the beginning that worship is something that is best experienced corporately? Well, yes, there is a time for private worship and and there is a time for private prayer. And they're important and we need to have those things. But there is power when we come together and we pray together. And that's the start of our worship. Jehoshaphat called on others to fast and pray. He did not go at it alone. He did not try to pull himself up by his own bootstraps and gut it out and figure it out all on his own. He involved others because he understood that there is strength in numbers when we pray. So, hey, if you're going through a difficult time right now, talk to some of your closest friends and get them to pray with you. Maybe even fast with you. Not only will you draw strength and encouragement from their support and their prayers, but God loves it when two to three or more are united together in prayer for a certain thing. He delights in it so much that he begins to move on your behalf when others join with you in prayer. Now believe me, I've experienced this on both sides. Being the one who needed others to pray with me and being the one to pray with others. There is no greater blessing and way of unifying people than for them to pray together. Pastors, church leaders, please listen to me here. As your church is starting to get back together and you are making decisions as to the direction the church needs to go to to take in the the midst of this, and hopefully one day, post-COVID, Don't be afraid to call on your people to pray for God's wisdom. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable. You don't have all the answers. Don't pretend like you do. This is not the time to be a lone ranger. Call on the people to pray. Let them know what specifically is going on. Listen to them. You will be surprised at how much untapped wisdom is in your church body. Okay, well, let's continue and look at what Jehoshaphat prayed. Verse 5. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard of the temple of the Lord, and he prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and you are mighty. No one can stand against you. Oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in the land when your people of Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity such as war, plague, or famine, or COVID-19, or racial injustice, or out-of-control rioting, we can stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. 
We can cry out to you to save us and you will hear us and rescue us. Verse 10. And now see what the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. See what kind of state our country is in right now, Lord. Can you see what's happening, the social injustice? Can you see people being laid off? Can you see the terrible things going on? Can you see the unrest of our people? Back to the scriptures. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went around them and did not destroy them. Now see how they reward us? For they have come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us as an inheritance. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do. We are looking to you for help. And isn't that where so many of us are right now? Uh, God, do something. I, we're, we're, we're powerless against this mighty force that has come against us. We're powerless to really be the church that, that we've always thought we should be. And, and we want to reintegrate people. We want to get back to normal. But Lord, we don't know what to do. We are looking to you for help. Guide us. Show us, Lord. And I love this next part. When Jehoshaphat finished praying, everyone stood before the Lord. They were open to what God was going to show them. Friends, do you want to know what God wants you to do? Or, or do you want to feel the peace that is so overwhelming that we can't explain it? But we could just live in it and experience it and love it? Well, it begins with worship. And worship begins with prayer. Then look what happens next. Verse 13. As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jeel, son of Metaniah, a Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. Now, who was this guy? He wasn't one of the royal family. He was a Levite. Now, now stay with me here because this is important and fundamental to what we're talking about today. Do you know who the Levites were? Well, among other things, they were the ones who led worship in the temple. Now, they did a lot of things, but leading worship was one of their biggest responsibilities. So, in other words... This is a worship leader who made this declaration to the king and to everyone else. And I love what he said. Let's look at verse 15. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens up to the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow. For the Lord is with you. Wow. Now 
that is a statement worth getting excited about. And the great thing is that, that it's not just for that day. There are so many principles in this passage that are so applicable to us today. First of all, when the Spirit of God came upon this man, Jehaziel, he got bold. How many of you have felt those times in your life where God's prompting was so strong that you knew you just had to say something or do something? You couldn't rest until you obeyed what God was telling you to say. That's where Jehaziel was. He addressed the people. Then he even told Jehoshaphat personally to listen to what he had to say. You know, some of the boldest Christians I know when it comes to declaring the truth of God are genuine worshipers. Why is that? Could it be because when we truly focus on worshiping God, not only do we draw near to Him, but He draws near to us. And when that happens, we find both a new depth of humility as well as a boldness to speak the truth. Because when our heart grows closer to God's heart, He gives His power. Let me say that one again. When our heart grows closer to God's heart, He gives His power. And when do we draw closer to God's heart? When we genuinely and authentically worship Him. You know, sometimes the best thing you can do is, is follow God's promptings and address the leader of your organization, your boss, your pastor, uh, whoever, with truth. If God is telling you to do that, then, then you cannot be silent. Jehaziel goes on to tell them all not to be afraid or discouraged because the battle they are facing isn't theirs to fight. It's God's. And oh, that is a powerful principle for the ages that every single one of us needs to be reminded about all the time. The battles we face are not ours to win or lose and it's not ours to even fight. We don't have to bow up and demand anything to try to win an argument. We don't have to provide truths and facts and statistics and quotes to try to convince people to follow God's ways. We don't have to worry and lose sleep over what every situation is bothering us. We don't have to decide how to fight this COVID thing. Pastors, church leaders, you don't have to figure out how to reintegrate the people in the church. These are not our battles to fight. These are God's battles. We just need to do what he says. Pray, worship, obey. This is how we fight our battles. And these words didn't come from the king or the main leader of the country, or the pastor. They came from a person who was tuned into the heart of God, a Levite, a worship leader. Now, Jehaziel did not tell them, or he did tell them, and he's telling us today, that this does not mean that we just lay down and do nothing. He told the people to go out the next morning and march against the enemy. Take a step of faith. Get your weapons ready. Put on the entire armor of God and stand strong against the enemy. Let the enemy know you are not backing down. But, and hear the words of Jehaziel carefully, verse 17, but you will not even need to fight. 
take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. O people listening to this podcast, do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Now get this, and this is where I get the title of this message. Pay pay close attention and, and you will see that this very important principle that not only will help you, it won't only help you win your personal battles, but I strongly believe that this principle is the key to what the church needs to focus on as we try to reintegrate people into the church. Because let's face it, many people have grown satisfied with watching church from the comfort of their own couch. Many have been trained to believe that the most important part of being a part of a church is hearing a sermon, and they've now discovered that they can do this so easily from the comfort of their own living room and have pajama church. But is this what God really wants? Let's read verse 18. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites the worship leaders, from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. The Levites, the worshipers, stood to praise God with a very loud shout. Corporate worship. We simply cannot stand and shout together to sing praises together, to worship God together when we are not together. There is power in corporate worship. Now hold on to that thought as we continue. Verse 20. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And on the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. This Guys, is how we fight our battles. Oh, I know most of us have this belief in our hearts that God is going to take care of the situation, but somewhere there is often a disconnect between our head and our heart. We know it doctrinally, but we don't feel it emotionally. And that is what worship does for us. Get this, because this is huge. Worshiping God connects our mental beliefs with our emotional feelings. And guys, we need that. Now, I'll be honest. I mean, this is coming from someone who is a preacher at heart, someone who loves teaching the Bible. But if I were to be honest, I will have to say that my heart is drawn towards God and His ways much more during times of prayer and worship than it is hearing even the best of teachings. And that is because teaching is designed to talk to the mind, to convince the mind of truth. But worship is designed to take the truth we know and experience it emotionally. We now are equipped with not just the knowledge, but we have the desire, the want to, the motivation to live in that truth. I know I fall in love with God much deeper during genuine times of prayer and worship than I do during times of teaching, no matter how good that teaching is. Now, let me talk to you church leaders for a second as we look at verse 21. 
And if you aren't a church leader, you might consider praying that your church leaders will understand this truth. Or maybe some of you will even feel God's prompting that we talked about earlier to actually talk to your church leaders about this. Verse 21. After consulting the people, stop, after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat, the single lone dictator of the kingdom, consulted his people before taking the next step. Let's review real quickly what had just transpired so that we can see it all in context. Jehoshaphat heard that three armies were closing in on his kingdom. He was afraid, and so he prayed. And not only did he pray, but he called on others to pray. He led his people in a time of corporate worship. And at the end of his prayer, a worship leader stood up and made the declaration that Jehoshaphat and the people needed to hear. The worship leader gave the encouragement and motivation to trust God through it all. And get this, Jehoshaphat prayed and called on others to pray, but it wasn't until a worship leader spoke that God began to show him what to do. And as Jehoshaphat, motivated by the words of the worship leader, consulted other people, this is what he did, verse 21, continuing verse 21. He appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Oh, what an incredible principle for all of us. Whether we are talking about the reopening and reintegration of church, or if we are talking about our own personal circumstances, if we are going to let God fight our battles, then we must, we must let the worshipers lead the way. We must worship God. Now, if we don't want to worship God, if we think it's more beneficial to stay busy doing something or researching solutions or maybe just wallowing in our own self-pity and fear, if we think that by our own strength, ingenuity, personality, etc., that we need to focus on using those things and not leading the way with worship, then I am here to tell you that we will be fighting our battles in our own strength. And, oh, it might look for a time that we are just strong enough to actually win this battle, But I guarantee you that if that is our practice, we will eventually lose the battle. So, lead the way with authentic and true worship and God will fight the battles. And you know, when you are worshiping, you want to watch God fight those battles. It can be exciting to stand back and watch the salvation of the Lord. So what happened when they begin to worship instead of trying to figure out how to win the battle on their own? Verse 22. At the very moment they begin to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. The people worshipped. They followed the Levites. 
the worship leaders. And God absolutely and totally defeated the enemy. Do you want to see God win in whatever circumstances you are in? Pastors, church leaders, do you want to see God use the ministry of your church far greater than ever before? Worship God. Stop trying to figure it out all on your own. Lead the way in worship and watch what God is going to do. And get this. God is going to bless you beyond what you could have hoped for. Let's look at the remaining verses of what we're covering today. Verse 25. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. And it's still called the Valley of Blessing today. Then all the men returned to Jerusalem, and Jehoshaphat leading them, overjoyed that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies, they marched into Jerusalem to the music, the worship, of harps, lyres, and trumpets, and they proceeded to the temple of the Lord. When all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace. For his God had given him rest on every side. Do you want God's peace in your life? In your family? In our society? In your church? Then pray. Involve others in your prayer. Lead the way with worship. Watch God fight and win those battles. And you will be blessed beyond measure. And as we see in these closing verses, when God delivers the victory, you'll worship even more. So as always, may God surround you with his love and fill you with his grace as he develops your life of the love first mentality. Hi, this is Steve Bittison. If you enjoyed this podcast or if God blessed you or taught you anything in it, I hope that you will subscribe to the Love First podcast and share it with your friends. That way you won't miss any of the upcoming teachings and messages and maybe you will help be a blessing to someone else.